0: As I was rereading the the passion narrative according to Mark a few days ago in preparation for the Holy Week, the question that kept on coming back to me was, What was Jesus what was God thinking at the most excruciating moments of his life here on earth? What was in the mind of God? What was in the mind of Jesus. And the last words of Christ on the cross, known as the seven last words of Jesus, really gives us give us a window as to what was happening in the psyche of God. Whenever I go to anoint somebody who is near death, I always hold on to their words. You know, this word, the words of a dying person, most of the time have no filters they truly express what is really in their hearts if you're if you have like if you only have a few days or in the case of Christ a few hours before you die i don't think you need to be politically correct to express what you have in your heart and what were the first few words or statements of Christ on the cross. The very first recorded uh, words of Christ as He was hanging on the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Foremost in the mind of God, foremost in the mind of Jesus were the people who considered him as an enemy. Just reflecting on this, this really struck me. The least people that I will remember in my deathbed are my enemies. <laughs> the, the least people that I will that I will thank during that last moments were people who were who were hostile to me who wanted me killed, who didn't want the best for me. But foremost in the mind of God, as He was hanging on the cross, are the enemies, if we may qualify them as such. Because God does not want to lose anyone from His embrace. God does not want to lose anyone from His fold. This is something that we can learn as we enter into the holiest of weeks and as we we intensify also our prayer life. The very first prayer of God, of Jesus to His Father, was directed for His enemies. I ask myself on this, it's like, how many times do I actually include in my prayer list the people that I have less appreciation of. Most of the people that I have in my prayer list are my favorite people, family, friends, parish community. But the difficult people, the people that I disagree with, I hardly think about them in my prayers. And this is, I think, what what Jesus is telling us in here, that the road to Calvary that the road to Calvary is a road to complete surrender. It's a road to complete surrender because in that self-surrender that we are able to experience true freedom, true freedom, being reconciled to one another. So, that's the first group that was foremost in the mind of God. The second statement of Jesus on the cross was directed to the sinners the second the second words or statement of christ was directed to the good thief the repentant thief you you will be with me in paradise you would be with me in paradise the person who accompanied god who accompanied jesus as he goes back to the father is a repentant sinner (laughs) And the very first person that was canonized by God without the need of canonization of the church was the thief. Not even Mary. Of course, Mary is in heaven too. But coming from the words of God, from the mouth of God himself, he was a thief. The first canonized saint canonized by God himself what does this tell us? What does this tell me? It gives me great hope that as long as I turn my life around, as long as I decide to, to traverse again the road to conversion, that God will always be open to receive me back without any kind of explanation. You know, the good thief right there did not explain or justify to him, Lord, this is what I did. This is, you know, you probably remember this. No, he only asked for forgiveness, and that was enough. And that was enough. He was restored back to grace. He was restored back to God's kingdom. But I was reading a commentary on this by Archbishop Fulton Sheen and Archbishop Fulton Sheen commenting on this he said the good thief was a thief in the end because he stole paradise he stole paradise well it was freely given to him it was freely given to him without justification. And as Jesus was hanging right there, he was practically telling him, I am doing this for you and for the entire humanity. The only thing that you need to do is to accept it. Is to accept it. So that is why the whole invi- the, the central invitation for us as we enter into the holiest of weeks, the holiest of days in the church, realizing how much god loves us is to turn away from any shade or color of sin that separate us from the love of god that's the only invitation because he only wants to give us one thing his very life his kingdom eternal life you know i said this so many times you know i'm I, even though how much you study the theology, reflect on this; it still doesn't satisfy me on why God had to endure all of this. Because you know, as what I mentioned before, He could just sit in His lazy boy in heaven and by His words say, "I'm going to save these guys and we're going to be saved." By His words, things happen. By His words, the word the creation happened. He didn't have to to inconvenience himself to be like us, to feel hunger, to deal with the weather. You know, during that time, there is no transportation, the great transportation, a donkey, a carriage. He didn't have to inconvenience himself to do all of this. But you know, love is all about divine solidarity divine solidarity telling us this is how much i love you and hopefully that love transforms us as well transform us make us realize of our sublime dignity as sons and daughters of the father